What's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Frogs Up TCU Sports Podcast, episode one, recording here late Sunday evening. Thank you all for joining in. Uh, this is formerly known as the Frogs of War Podcast, and as you can see, we have rebranded with our new name and logo as we have partnered with the 1012 Network. We are extremely excited about this partnership and ready to get back and do what we do best, and that's bringing you all the latest and greatest in TCU sports. I am Russ Hodges. That is Anthony North. It's been a little over a month since we have done a episode, so a lot's been going on since then. Anthony, how's your summer been? Yeah, Russ, good to be talking with you again. Good to be talking TCU sports here again. And yeah, it was a, it was a good summer. Got to travel out to Big 12 country in the Rocky Mountains of Colorado. So that was great. And uh, it's been super duper hot here in the over 105 uh, degrees for weeks on end. Hopefully the summer will make way to fall soon as we approach football season and just really excited to uh, for this opportunity with the 1012 Network to keep this podcast going and to uh, to be talking TCU sports again. And for those who want to support the 1012 Network or the two of us here on the Frogs Up podcast, a couple of quick plugs here before we get started, because we have a lengthy list of things that we want to get into. We'll talk about the conference realignment news that has shook the college athletics world over the last several weeks. We'll talk about the State of the TCU-SMU-Iron Skillet rivalry, as well as some MLB, NBA, and NFL news concerning our TCU Horn Frogs. So real quickly, the 1012 Network has launched a Patreon. If you would like to support the podcast network or the two of us here on the Frogs of War, or the Frogs Up podcast, not the Frogs of War podcast anymore, uh, patreon.com forward slash 1012 Network if you'd like to show your support there. Also, Charlie Hustle has some TCU Horn Frog apparel that is out for this school year. If you want to get stocked up on your TCU swag, 15% off your order with the promo code Frogs O War. That's all caps, no spaces, Frogs O War. Get 15% off your order. There's some really cool stuff there at Charlie Hustle, www.charliehustle.com. Okay, let's get right into it. The biggest news that has surfaced in college sports and college football over the last several weeks has been the conference realignment news and the big 12 have the big 12 has definitely reaped the benefits of this. We have Colorado, Arizona, Arizona state and Utah coming to the big 12 in 2024. All four of those schools will receive full media shares and the PAC 12 is dissolving right before our eyes. Those four schools are heading to the Big 12. Also, Oregon and Washington are leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 10. And so the Pac-12 has kind of fallen into shambles here over the last few weeks. There are only four schools remaining. It is Oregon State, Washington State, Cal, and Stanford. A lot of rumors are surfacing as to what might be next for those schools. Could there be a merger coming with the Mountain West? Could there be a merger coming with the American uh, could Cal and Stanford be on their way, perhaps, to the ACC? A lot of rumors, a lot of reports coming out on social media. But, Anthony, what are your biggest takeaways from this new wave of realignment and just how it's going to affect the Big 12 and the TCU Horn Frogs moving forward? Yeah, it's just been terrific for TCU fans to be on this side of the fence of realignment to not have to to worry every single day the anxiety of something something going terribly wrong and being left to wander the wilderness as 
has happened to the Horn Frogs in the past. So being in a position of power here has been a welcome surprise. It's it's incredible to see how far this has come over the last couple of years since Texas and Oklahoma announced their intended departure for the SEC. Uh, where pretty much everyone nationally had written off the Big 12, had already written the obituaries and decided how the pieces of this conference were going to be divvied up among uh, the rest of the college football world. And to to go from that point to to adding the, the four biggest programs out of non-Power 5 uh, conferences to, to join the league this year, and then Brett Yormark, comes in as commissioner about a year ago from right now and he he comes in and just becomes a certified gangster he comes in and uh just outmaneuvers the Pac-12 and and others at every turn um just bringing a savvy in negotiations with the uh with the broadcast partners ESPN and Fox um, bringing all kinds of new initiatives to the conference. And, you know, he's he's not batting 100% by any means, but I, I think very clearly he has put this league into uh, a, a status point that was kind of unfathomable prior to his arrival here in the conference. So, um, and to be able to go into the Pac-12 and pull four major state universities, big time programs uh, with with very strong athletic departments into this conference is just a huge coup for for the Big 12 for Brett Yormark. Um, very excited to welcome the four corner schools: the Colorado, Arizona, ASU, and Utah into the Big 12. Um, it's going to make for an absolutely thrilling conference next season. And, you know, I think this season's going to be incredible. And it, it's amazing that this happens so fast to where those guys are, are right into the league starting right away next year. I think uh, it will be very competitive conference going forward. And I think TCU will continue to be one of the top uh, competitive schools within it. And, this conference has secured its place at, at the table for for college football. Whatever the college the the future of college football is, whatever the future of college athletics as a whole will be, the Big Twelve has a spot at that table, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, I would love to be a fly on the wall of the negotiating room where Brett Yormark is tar- talking to some of these Big Twelve presidents and Pac twelve presidents, and just it would be so interesting to listen in on those conversations and see what's actually going on behind the scenes, because this is, this is news that has been a long time coming. I mean, there have been rumors of the four corners coming to the big 12 for several months now, and to see it all come to fruition and to see where the big 12 stands now, it's really exciting. And I think if you're a TCU fan, you have to be really excited about the prospect of being in a, top tier position in this new conference with Texas and Oklahoma leaving for the SEC when you look at the the endowment and the athletic facilities and everything TCU has to offer and what the frogs were able to accomplish in all of their sports not just football this past year i think you have to be really ecstatic about the future of TCU and the future of the Big 12 conference and it's going to be a 
juggernaut of a basketball conference with Arizona coming in. You have Houston coming in with this most recent wave of teams, and it's it's going to be a gauntlet in basketball. It's going to be extremely competitive. And with football, I mean, TCU has really sparked some competitive rivalries with Baylor and with uh, Texas Tech over the last several years, some great battles there. And now you have a renewal of some Mountain West rivalries against the BYU Cougars and the Utah Utes. And, you know, Arizona State and Utah may be a little less excited about coming to the Big 12 than some Colorado and Arizona fans are. But um, there's no doubt that the Big 12 is going to be a extremely competitive conference. And it remains to be seen what's going to happen with Oregon State and Washington State, as well as Cal and Stanford. I know there was a vote fairly recently to add Cal and Stanford to the ACC. It sounds like that was one or two votes short. And interestingly enough, SMU was actually brought up as a potential ACC target. SMU has been in the news recently as a potential expansion candidate for the Pac-12. The boosters in Dallas seem to be uh, willing and eager right now to get SMU into a better position in terms of its athletic standing. And um, SMU is also in the news concerning the TCU Horn Frogs because the state of the iron skillet with all the conference realignment news surfacing and teams moving around. Uh, teams are looking to prepare for the new college football playoff format as it moves from four teams to 12 teams and making some schedule changes. And it appears that the iron skillet may be on life support here with uh, news coming out that TCU and SMU are going to quote unquote pause the matchup after 2025. Who knows what that exactly means? I'm sure there will be more details that come out. Um, in, in the near future or in the, in the long future. But uh, Anthony, what are your thoughts on this news that the iron skillet may be coming to an end? And what does that mean for the frogs and the Mustangs moving forward? Yeah, I think as unfortunate as it is for some of these regional rivalries that will be coming to a close and, and that have kind of been diminished even over the, the previous versions of, of conference realignment. I, I think that this, is certainly an appropriate move from TCU perspective to at least at this point have flexibility for the future uh, for scheduling purposes. You know, to be able to fill that that slot where instead of going to Dallas, perhaps you you have a major Power Five program or a, a just a different rotation of teams, perhaps the new big 12 goes to a 10 game conference schedule. Um, it really just opens the flexibility doors here. And, and by no means will these games be the last time TCU and SMU play each other. I expect TCU will welcome SMU into Amon G Carter stadium many times in the future. And uh, you know, as SMU continues to claim that they will will put big money forward to put themselves into a major conference. Maybe that happens. Maybe they make big strides with their facilities, make big strides with their performance on the field. And, um, you know, it, it makes more sense for TCU to to take the trip over to the other side of the Metroplex. But in today's standing, 
with the 12 team playoff going forward where you know if you if you lose a game or two you're not automatically eliminated from from that playoff contention like you are today in a in a four team playoff that you can schedule more difficult games throughout that non-conference however many non-conference games the new big 12 will have TCU will have an opportunity to make that a strength of schedule boost rather than uh you know at best strength of schedule neutral so i think that um you know it's just it's where the programs stand at this point um and that's not to say that SMU can't continue to climb forward they they have been uh improving their their performance on on the field and in many sports and i think that they have every opportunity to do that and and maybe at that point the frogs get that schedule back up and running again uh but as a home and home it it has stopped making sense to continue a every year forcing that onto your schedule every year um and you know it it's we don't ask that of of other major programs i mean not to compare tcu to these other programs but we don't say why why isn't Alabama or Auburn playing Alabama Birmingham on the road every year in Birmingham that's not something they do why would they do that no one would ever expect them to do that um it, even even someone like uh, Vanderbilt is not going to play at MTSU Middle Tennessee every year so it's it's not something that's really expected anywhere else uh in major college football and uh so it's more TCU catching up with the times than it is uh than it is anything else it's just a sign of the times it's unfortunate but it's it's the way it is today yeah i think you have to wonder should 2025 come around and should SMU get itself into a position where it's in a power conference maybe TCU explores renewing that rivalry and continuing that battle for the iron skillet but i think as you said, where college football is right now, it's unfortunate that the regional rivalries are going away. You look at the Bedlam game between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State that's going to be going away. Uh, Washington and Washington State, Oregon and Oregon State, who knows what's going to happen there. I think it's likely that those games go away with Oregon and Washington both leaving for the Big Ten. I think longtime college football fans and longtime SMU and TCU fans are a little disappointed that this is where the the game is going, but I think we saw firsthand last season with TCU continuing to win games and inch its way closer and closer to a spot in the college football playoff, every game gets magnified when you're on that national stage, and everybody looks for a reason to discount Team A for the sake of Team B, and so I think if you're TCU and you have an opportunity to take a G5 opponent like SMU off the schedule in favor of a 10th conference game or even a second power five non-conference game. We know that the Frogs have home and home sets coming up with Stanford, North Carolina, and Duke. So those are power five opponents that are going to be on the schedule for, for the now. next several for years. For now, those are power five. Stanford. For now. <laughs> Correct. I think Stanford is going to find its way in, into some sort of power setting with that brand. but. Uh, Nevertheless, I think TCU wouldn't take SMU off the schedule 
for the sake of scheduling another G5, like a, a Tulsa or a North Texas or a team like that. We know that an FCS team is going to be on the schedule. We know that, that that's nothing really new for Power 5 programs to have at least one of those quote-unquote tune-up games on the schedule. But I think for TCU, the Frogs are 18-4 and four against SMU since 1999. So the Frogs have really dominated the rivalry in this generation. And I know that when you go further back in history, the Mustangs had their share of runs as well. But I think where we are in 2023, it's something that needs to be done. I think a lot of Frog fans are ready to move on and uh, put a tougher game on the schedule, a more entertaining game on the schedule that could be a a boost for the Frogs with the the college football playoff format changing here from four teams to 12 in the near future. And so uh, with TCU football on the brain, there were some preseason rankings that came out Fairly recently, the Frogs are number 17 in the AP Top 25 preseason poll, as well as number 16 in the USA Today Coaches poll. Fall camp has been well underway for the last few weeks. We have the kickoff against Colorado coming up here very soon. It's hard to believe that it's almost here. Tune in next week. We will have a lot more coming about fall camp, as well as previewing the Colorado matchup. We do have a few other things that we want to hit on here as we wrap up the summer and really get rolling with the fall schedule, the 2023 MLB draft that took place early last month, TCU, of course, had a tremendous college baseball season, making it all the way to the College World Series. Some tremendous individual efforts from guys like Braden Taylor and Cole Fontenelle, Elijah Nunez. No surprise that those are three of the seven TCU players who were taken in the 2023 MLB draft. It was a three-day draft period. Braden Taylor goes 19th overall, first round of the Tampa Bay Rays, one of the best organizations in all of baseball right now. Cole Fontenelle goes in the seventh round to the Los Angeles Angels. Two right-handed pitchers, Ryan Vanderhei and Cam Brown, go in the 10th round. Vanderhei goes to the San Francisco Giants. Cam Brown goes to the Philadelphia Phillies. Fontenelle, Vanderhei, and Brown were taken on the second day of the draft, and then the third day of the draft concluded with Elijah Nunez in the 14th round of the Washington Nationals, Trey Richardson in the 15th round of the St. Louis Cardinals, and Garrett Wright in the 20th round to the Chicago White Sox. Also, Luke Savage signed with the Texas Rangers as an undrafted free agent. So in total, you have a 2023 rookie class of eight TCU baseball players that are now looking to make their way to the major leagues. A handful of these guys are getting minor league action, and right now, Elijah Nunez is off to a great start. He was recently featured on the SC Top 10, made a tremendous diving catch in center field. Braden Taylor already crushed his first minor league home run. He's off to a great start in single A ball for the Rays. Anthony, what are your thoughts on this draft class and just where you feel like these players can stack up as they go through the minors and hope to make their way to the MLB level? Yeah, man, Braden Taylor, how how exciting was it to see him get drafted in that first round? I think that was just it's it's fun to see these guys who you've watched uh for for years with the Frogs to to get that moment. Uh that moment in the sun where, you know, their their life is really changing and and absolutely well-earned, well-deserved uh to Taylor and I think he 
is well set up to to make his way through the ranks and up to the show uh, soon enough for the raise and and will be be a big contributor um, at some point in the future for them and and just excited for him and for all of these guys. Um, you know, I think everybody here has a chance um, to do to do big things. I think I you know some of these guys we maybe would have expected to uh, forgo signing this contract and return to TCU for another season. Um, I think maybe some TCU fans would have hoped that they had that kind of in the back of their mind. Maybe, maybe Garrett Wright will come back. Maybe, uh, you know, but I, I think these guys are ready to go. They're, they're, they're primed. I think maybe the biggest surprises were, were Ryan Vanderhei, Cam Brown there in the 10th round. Um, they, they maybe have more stuff on paper than they showed while they were they were with the horn frogs um but across the board just excited for these guys to get this opportunity in in baseball in professional baseball to begin their careers and and hopefully long careers that see their way up into the major leagues at some point and from the baseball diamond to the basketball hardwood there are a couple of TCU rookies that are looking to carve out some roles in the NBA as well. Mike Miles Jr. and Damian Ball, both players were undrafted, but both got a lot of run in the NBA Summer League. Damian Ball is currently with the Los Angeles Lakers on a Exhibit 10 contract. He played in seven Summer League games this year, uh, averaged a little over 19 minutes a game, so he got a good amount of run there, was filling up the stat sheet, you know, he's not your guy that's going to score 20, 25 a night, but he's going to give you a little bit of everything. So he got quite a bit of run with the Lakers. The Exhibit 10 deal is a contract where if it's not converted to a two-way contract before the start of the season, then that player becomes a free agent and then they can go sign a, a G League contract or some other contract and, and look to uh, find their way with another team. So we'll see if Damian Baugh can earn one of those two-way roles with the Los Angeles Lakers. A player who has earned a two-way role is Mike Miles Jr. He signed a two-way contract with the Dallas Mavericks, so he is going to be playing with the G League Texas Legends, who are the G League affiliate for the Mavericks, and he looked very good in the summer league. He played in five games. He started three games, averaged over 12 points a game, shot 50% from the field, and averaged just about 19 minutes per game. So, Anthony, not sure how much summer league action you caught i know that summer league is not the most entertaining brand of basketball but i'm sure it was exciting to see some of these frog players in action no i did i did take some time to watch some of these games when when i had a chance and mike miles really stood out i mean he was absolutely not only did he belong on the floor i think he he really shined when he was on the floor so i i can definitely see him um making his way to the the NBA roster um he he will earn some NBA minutes probably this season um so i think he he clearly showed that he uh, in a lot of this competition he was just better than the competition he he all, all of the things that we saw during his time as a horn frog he put on display uh in these summer league games really incredible shooting as well. I mean, he he was really uh very impressive throughout this time. Damian Ball with the Lakers, um 
his game does not translate as well to the summer league stage. I think the summer league is much more of a each individual is trying to do their individual thing to show why they should deserve, you know, a spot uh, in the NBA and, and which is uh, within their right, certainly. And that that's what it is. But Damian Ball is much more of the facilitator, the rebound guy, um, you know, the, the grab a board or make a defensive effort and run the court and distribute. So that didn't show up uh, in the gameplay quite as much as as we saw it in actual team play uh, at TCU. But um, I think he did a lot to impress just to show that de- a lot of really nice defensive plays, uh, making steals, making blocks, really shutting down some folks on that end of the court and and still being able to to do what he always does, distribute, get his rebounds, get his assists. So you know, I think he'll have a longer road to to get a chance in to earn NBA minutes. But I think he we we know that he will will put that time in and make himself known as as a key contributor wherever he ends up, uh, whether it eventually be a G League or even if it has to his journey has to start in in an international destination somewhere playing overseas. Um, I. I, I think we can all be confident that Damian Ball will do what it takes to to demonstrate his skills. And of course, the NBA season is still several months away, so we will have a little bit of time uh, in the future to get to that. But we do have quite a bit of NFL preseason items to discuss because the, the football itch is getting very real right now between uh, the TCU football season inching closer the NFL season inching closer we got fantasy football right around the corner football is about to consume my life here for the next uh 3 months or so in addition Can't to the, the the high school football season getting started here i have my first game to cover this coming friday so uh NFL preseason action is well underway we are in week 2 of the preseason but last week there were some really exciting matchups most notably the uh, Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Los Angeles Rams at SoFi. There were six former TCU players dressed for this game. You had Quentin Johnston, Darius Davis, and Max Duggan for the Chargers, squaring off against Steve Avila, Trey Tomlinson, and Zach Evans, who did. I don't know if we really claim Zach Evans. We will for the sake of this podcast. <laughs> he was in the I know picture. Joe Note, he was in the picture. So. <laughs> he was in the picture with the guys after the game. And Joe Noteboom, who's a veteran frog, he was... He was out there. He he didn't play in the game, but there were a lot of TCU players in this one, and I watched pretty much this entire game. It was really exciting to see Quentin Johnston line up against Trey Tomlinson. I'm sure they were having some flashbacks to to fall camp going at it. You know, iron sharpens iron, and you have two outstanding players going at it. Trey Tomlinson had a couple of really nice pass breakups in that game, and Quentin Johnston scores a touchdown. At the end of the first half, you have Darius Davis doing what he does best on special teams, returning a punt 81 yards for a touchdown. Max Duggan played nearly the entire second half for the Chargers, and it was just a really fun game to watch. There are 32 TCU football players, rookies and veteran guys that are on NFL rosters right now, and that number will probably decrease a little bit as we get closer to the start of the season and these teams are making those final rounds of cuts and getting down to the 53 man roster. But uh, Anthony, what did you see from the rookies in that first week of the preseason and also the games that are going on this weekend? 
Yeah, man, I I loved it watching that Chargers Rams game. It's just it it brings a big smile to your face. Like I was saying with Braden Taylor about these guys who you have this this history with and you have this connection with, and they are are out there doing it on the the big stage. It's just it's just so enjoyable. And yeah, the Darius Davis, I I was so hyped when he. Uh, broke off for that touchdown run it he he could have been wearing purple uh, you know i i was just as excited for that touchdown as all the many scores that he had for the horn frogs so i i'm i'm really excited for him that was you know i think he took a little bit of heat or i guess the chargers took a little bit of heat for taking him as early as they did that you know oh it's just a gadget guy he's just a special teams guy but he shows right there just that the game breaking ability that he has to to go and put it on display there in his first really his first opportunity um was super exciting to see Quentin Johnston scoring a touchdown right before halftime um it, it's just yeah the the battles Trey Tomlinson versus Quentin Johnston in that game I think they talked about they've they've had thousands of reps against each other so you know I think that that uh that history showed out on the field and and Man, that was that was fun to watch. It was really fun to watch um, the Arizona Cardinals game as well. A couple of Horn Frogs in that one. LJ Collier on the defensive end. A bit of a redemption arc that he's working on here as he you know comes back from being a bit of a bust as a first round draft pick for Seattle, and now he's in a division rival in Arizona, looking to rejuvenate his career on on that defensive line and he had a couple of really nice plays and I, I think he will have a big opportunity there to uh, show out for for that organization that is a little bit thin uh, roster wise that he'll, he'll definitely have an opportunity to to show out I think when and on the offensive side there in that game Amari DiMarcado uh, came in and took a two-point conversion run to go win the game so Exciting to see uh, the two of them out there showing out. So, uh, really, just uh, across the board, it's been it's been fun to see these guys out there. And I think it may just be our, uh, you know, in the desert, a drop of water is is uh, all you need. And it's been so long since we've had football. So, getting to watch these preseason games and seeing these horn frogs in these games has been so terrific. And I guess the other one to call out is is tonight recording this on on Sunday night. Um, the Chargers were playing the Saints in in week two of the preseason, and Kendra Miller got back out there um, and after suffering kind of what appeared to be a little bit of a setback in his injury. Um, you know, he obviously got hurt in the Fiesta Bowl and pretty much didn't participate in any of the pre-draft workouts and has been slow to get back onto the field. And, and in week one of the preseason appeared to suffer another knee sprain and look like it it could have been pretty bad for him to to re-injure that knee but he came back out tonight and was just terrific um he had an incredible play where he he took a wheel route uh and caught a pass kind of a diving over the shoulder catch from uh from Jameis Winston and then the very next play uh just burst through the line for a touchdown a 7 yard from 7 yards out just um you know, it's really great to see him show off that pass catching ability. I don't know that he really got a chance to do that too much uh, as a frog. So really great to see him show that out and then do what he does is find his way into the end zone. So, um, yeah, just just been terrific to 
enjoy these horned frogs now on the next level. And Kendra Miller is going to have an opportunity to really carve out a role early in the season for the Saints who are not going to have their star running back Alvin Kamara for the first three weeks. He was suspended for some off the field drama. So Kendra Miller is going to be competing with Jamal Williams, who's a veteran back for some carries during the early going of the season. And it was really exciting to see Kendra Miller get back out there tonight and make that great catch. And that's the area of his game that he's going to have to continue to improve in and show that he can catch passes out of the backfield because in the NFL, especially with the way the running back position has been devalued, you have to really show that you can be a three down back and you can catch the ball out of the backfield if you're going to, if you're going to really make that bread. So uh, Kendra Miller to be able to come back from a, a injury scare and have a good performance this evening was really exciting to see. And then, you know, I want to touch on some of the veteran guys as well. You mentioned LJ Collier, who's a former first round guy getting an opportunity with the Cardinals. Some of the other players that have been in the league for a couple of years, Traven Howard had a really nice play on a two point conversion for the Buffalo bills, uh, made a, a really good tackle short of the goal line to stop that play. You had our Darius Washington, former TCU safety for the Ravens, make an interception in the end zone to stop a two-point conversion. You have Garrett Wallow playing linebacker for the Texans. He made three tackles. Dylan Horton, unfortunately, didn't play in this game. I think he's dealing with a, a little bit of a groin issue, but um, really happy to see the rookies and the veterans as well. And speaking of the veteran guys, Anthony, the guy that I'm really looking to see step up this year is Jalen Rager. As we know, He's a first-round receiver. Things did not go well for him at all in Philadelphia. A lot of folks up there would have no issue calling him a bust, especially considering he was taken one spot before the superstar Justin Jefferson, who is now his teammate in Minnesota. But I think he's going to have an opportunity here. The Vikings gave up some decent draft capital to trade for him, and he's going to have an opportunity, I think, on special teams. But offensively, they lose Adam Thielen. He signs with the Carolina Panthers. They did use a first-round pick on Jordan Addison, but uh, between Rager and K.J. Osborne and Jordan Addison, there's going to be some competition to see who's going to emerge as the number two receiver opposite Justin Jefferson. And uh, I guess you can call it a number three target, considering they also have T.J. Hawkinson, who stepped up and was really good for the Vikings down the stretch after coming over from the Lions. But uh, Rager, I think, to me, if he does not get it figured out this year, he may be out of the league here pretty soon. So, uh, Anthony, who's your veteran frog that you're going to be looking out for this year? Yeah, the one that comes to mind is Cavante Turpin with the Cowboys. I think he has certainly shown his value as a special teams guy returning kicks made the pro bowl a year ago. Um, but in, in the preseason and through the clips from training camp that we've seen, he's been getting a lot of work at receiver as well. Um, including with the first team offense catching passes from Dak Prescott. So I think if, if he's able to be used in a role, uh, on the uh, getting actual scrimmage snaps um, with that offense. I think that's a really exciting opportunity for him to break out to another level beyond just your special teams guy or your gadget guy that he can come out. We, we know 
for the Horn Frogs, he was he was a real wide receiver, a real weapon on the offense in addition to his special team skills. And I, I think he can certainly show that with the Cowboys this year. So I'm excited to see him play. Yeah, and a couple more players I'll give a quick shout-out to real quick uh, before we wrap up. Ty Summers is also playing for the New Orleans Saints, now teaming up with Kendra Miller. He made a couple of nice special teams plays in that week one game, and I think he's going to have a chance to stick on that roster as a special teams contributor like he was for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, Ennis Gaines, I think, is still dealing with a little bit of an injury right now for the Packers, but he's a guy that's been a a really pleasant storyline, has gotten uh, quite a bit of social media coverage for just you know, doing great things off the field. So hoping to see him uh, get some more run for the Packers. He had quite a few injuries throughout his collegiate career. And when he was healthy, he was a, he was a run stuffer. He was a big hitter. So uh, hoping to see him carve out a bigger role. And then uh, just one more rookie I want to touch on real quick. Steve Avila, I think is going to be a very underrated, but uh, extremely big contributor for the Rams this year he's already slotted to be a starter on the offensive line I think going back to some of our previous podcasts when we talked about Steve Avila we talked about him really being a a plug-and-play guy who can really play anywhere on the interior and he's got tremendous size he has great tape he did a great job at the senior bowl and was nearly a first round pick was it was taken very early in the second round by the Rams so uh, Steve Avila and Trey Tomlinson both with Jalen Ramsey getting traded away Rams are in a little bit of a rebuilding phase here, so those two guys are going to have every chance to show that they can earn a starting role here in the NFL. So I think with that, we will go ahead and conclude the episode for this evening. Again, this is now the Frogs Up TCU Sports Podcast. We appreciate all of the support for those who have been listening to us since we started doing the Frogs of War podcast. We really appreciate the support. We are still continuing to write for Frogs of War, so you can still support us online at www.frogsofwar.com. We have a full slate of fall content coming out here very shortly, and we are back at full strength in terms of our staff, so really excited to get that content rolled out for y'all, and then continue to follow us on social media, uh, Facebook and Twitter at Frogs of War, continuing to grow our base on Facebook and also on Twitter, so give us a follow there, give us a like, we really appreciate it. And then one last plug for the 1012 Network Patreon, if you would like to support the network or the two of us here on the Frogs Up podcast, www.patreon.com forward slash 1012 Network, that is T-E-N 12 Network. And then Charlie Hustle Clothing, get some TCU swag. Football season is right around the corner. We know that y'all are going to want to be decked out in purple and white, so... Go to www.charliehustle.com, use the promo code FROGSOWAR, get 15% off your order. That's promo code FROGSOWAR. So with that said, we appreciate it. We'll be back next week to talk about fall camp, as well as the preview for the Colorado football game, which is less than two weeks away. So continue to listen to us here on the Frogs Up podcast and continue to follow us online at Frogs Awar. With that, we will sign off. I am Russ Hodges. That is Anthony North, and go Frogs. Get your frogs up.